Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Roberta, man, they could do a good job. They didn't practice. This was just, just on the fly. Man, we appreciate, man, we appreciate that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, I know there's not very many of us here there, but I know that God is here. Amen. And I've come in his name, amen, to deliver a word that I feel like the Lord would not turn loose of me on and I have preached this someplace else but not here changed it for here even really amen so uh, tonight I want to turn to Judges chapter 2 I almost feel like it's kind of a, a takeoff from uh, where I preached the last time at our church here and uh, using even possibly some of the same scriptures I'm not sure but didn't look back to see, but don't matter. Just feel like I need to do it. In Judges chapter number 2, praise the Lord. Y'all help me tonight. Praise the Lord. I'll teach, preach, whatever. I just want to obey the Lord, and I want to somehow stir up our pure minds tonight. Hallelujah. Uh, Judges 2, verse number 2. Hallelujah. And ye shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land. Ye shall throw down their altars, but ye have not obeyed my voice. Why have ye not done this? Then start, then verse number 7. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. And drop down to verse 10. This is our cure message tonight. Oh, God, in Jesus' name, excite, Lord, our minds and our souls, Lord, to carry out the work that you have set before us, Lord. Anoint my lips of clay, Lord Jesus, that I could minister what you have put in my mind and in my soul and in my spirit in the name of Jesus. I pray it right now in thy holy name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. I want to use this subject tonight out of taking my text from verse number 10, they knew not. I want to I speak on they knew not. I really, in fact, I, in my Bible, in, in, in the margin, I put a little frowning face there for verse 10 because Brother Terry as I began to read that verse and God began to move on me I began to think I'm worried about the next generation I'm worried about the generation that's coming up right now um, what a sad thing that in our scripture text there arose a generation who knew not the Lord nor the works which he had done for Israel. That's a sad thing. And um, 
and, and this generation really that, that was in our scriptures suffered for the lack of a testimony. Um, and nobody to testify or tell them anything that the Lord had done for them. What a sad thing that the generation before didn't have anything to say, nothing good to say, no word to bring to them, nothing God had done for them. That's sad. I began to think about this, and the longer I thought about it, then the more worried I became of our generation. I don't want it to happen in our church. Yet I began to think about, Brother Terry, when I began to look at our city, and there's 40% right now in Mount Carmel that never darkens a church door. That's 2,900 people that never goes to church. That's sad. There's 35 churches in this city. There's 48 in this county. Nobody goes to church. 2,900 don't go to church. If this would hold true for the state of Illinois with a population of 12.88 million people in 2014, Brother Terry, that would be 5 million, 5 million 150, or, or 5 5,152 million people in Illinois alone that don't go to church. I don't know whether that bothers you at all, but it bothers me. And I begin to think about it, Brother Freddie, and I begin to think about how about the bigger states like or the bigger cities like Chicago. How about some of these larger cities? I wonder if even then that the statistics wouldn't even be higher than even that. Yet it seems like that we are living now in the most unconcerned state that's ever been in. People are more apt to miss church today than they've ever been before. When times are troubled... And uh, the world is in a mess, and we're looking for a president to take this country to a better place, and I'm not sure there is one. I'm telling you, we don't have time to sit around and do nothing. We need to be about our father's business. The Bible says he's hunting a church, a man with a mind to work. We need some workers in the vineyard. The Bible said the fields are white already to harvest, but there's no laborers. Nobody that wants to do the job. Nobody wants to work, but it's going to take work. Amen. I began, he called the people together and he rehearsed this book in the ears of all the people just as Moses was commanded to write in a book of memorial and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua. Amen. 
Josiah rehearsed this book in their ears. I'm telling you, church, if there is ever a time that there needs to be some rehearsing, it's now. Brother Alex and some of his people at uh, school have been rehearsing now for some time, going to put on a play. And it has been intense. It's been intense. There's been a lot of hours put into it. And I begin to think about anything that's ever going to come about good, there's going to be some hours in rehearsing. It's going to be rehearsing God's Word, studying God's Word, praying God's Word. We're going to have to get with it, church, if we're ever going to see a time of revival. Or, as an elder, we have lost some history. Glory. Hallelujah. I don't like to see that, but you know it's, it's coming our way, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm, I'm really worried today. What a sad thing that in that hour there was... No history. History had not been studied. Evidently, it had been, well, been done away with. They even lost the book of the law. How would you like it if we lost all the Bible? There's no word, you know. Everybody's just doing their own thing, but nobody knows what's right. We're trying to do, you know, what's right, but nobody's got a word that they can read from a pulpit to give us any direction. Come on, church. A sad thing that the, the, the book of the law was buried in the rubble of the church, Brother Terry. I don't want to see that in our day. I don't want to see what we have come up through all these years be buried someplace and not be able to find it. Not be, oh, hallelujah, I'm about to feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I'm telling you, I've got some books back here in my office, uh, amen, where I've kept track of some things, Brother Terry, up through the years, and I can look back and I can see how many we had and how I've got little notes written down brother Terry how God moved in the services and what God done on this day and what God done on this day and those who we baptized and those who were filled with the Holy Ghost on this day I've got them written down in the book but I'm telling you church we need to rehearse it in the ears of the next generation so they got something to tell their children Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not that Brother, Brother Mason brought it up the other night. I don't want to reiterate, but you know, I said, well, sir, we had such good service. I said, we, we just, we had a blowout. And have no preaching. Well, that's not a sign we had a good service. We need the word of God. Hallelujah. But let it just be said, Brother Terry, and I've prayed this a lot. I pray it all the time. I pray, Lord, interrupt us. <laughs> it's all right if the Lord interrupts. Come on now. If he wants to do something, I don't need to say a word. If he wants to speak to you, if he wants to move through the gifts of the Spirit, if he wants to talk to somebody through the gifts, then that's all right. Let him go ahead and do it. Let him take over the service. But I need the word. Hallelujah. Glory. Church, I'm worried about the generation coming up after us. Our history is being done away with. I called Brother Alex and 
And I've heard this from several other people, so I just was kind of confirming what I'd heard. And Brother Alex told me that history is elective now. It's, it's no longer, you don't have to take it. When I was in high school, the very first year, I guarantee you, he's going to take world history. Wasn't going to get out of it. And I, and I, I thought at the time, boy, this is, I hate this. I'm going to tell you, I, my mind's changed a lot over the years, and I like history. I go back and check the archives of history about the Bible and this and that to learn more about it. Come on, I want to know something about what I'm preaching about. Yet we're living in a world today that's uh, doing away with history. It's been doing, uh, done away with. It, it's not important no more. Yeah, it is, but they don't want you to know. What used to be taught in our school is not taught anymore. The next generation may not even know how our country came about. May not even know of some of the great presidents and how they led the country in a godly way. You know why? Because I'm telling you, we're living in a generation, they, won't, they don't want our young people to know that this was a godly country. That that place on the money, of them can't even tell you who they're celebrating. This is the world we live in. Where that now, writing's no more cursive is about the thing of the past. You don't even have to have that no more. You don't, don't need cursive. And it's a sad thing, but people are graduating from high school and can't even write. You know why? Because they're, they're so good on the keys. Everything is done on computer. I heard it on the news the other, other day that uh, one of the schools in Evansville had to close down because their computers went down and they was going to give the test that day and nobody could take the test because computers is down. I'm telling you, there's nothing like paper. Yeah, I might have some of my sermons on computer and save, but I, gotta, I can go back there and show you a book and go back through books after books after books of sermons. I keep them on paper. Come on, church. I refuse to go the way. I'm just old-fashioned and hard-headed. I refuse to go the way of this world. Come on. They, oh, yeah, come on. I'm telling you about a government that would like to lose all the history of this nation. Let it not be found anymore. Oh, yeah. Glory. Hallelujah. The people we have in office now don't want our children to know that this used to be a godly nation. It's, it's very seldom ever mentioned anymore from the White House. You know. We want to take prayer out of the schools and we've had more trouble since we took it out than we ever did before. We don't want nobody to paddle our children's bottom. And ever since we quit that, we've got problems. Now you can get fined for spanking your child. I'm, I'm going to say this and no disrespect to nobody or nothing, but I'm telling you what. 
the animals have got more rights than you do. If somebody kills a nuisance cat, they get thrown into jail. They'll throw away the stinking key. It's animal rights. Hey, I don't believe in torturing animals. I don't believe in doing none of that. But I'm telling you, it's all right to torture parents. Come on now. I'm talking. Yeah, come on now. Yes, sir. They're going to work you over. They got cameras out in the Walmart parking lot. In case you happen to whip your kid out there, they'll pick it up on camera and they'll take you to court and take your child away from you. See, but my Bible said to use the rod on them because the rod will not kill them. It'll just drive it far from them. All of the bad stuff, it'll drive far from them. We've got this mixed up. We've got a generation that don't know what a whipping is. I should have brought the razor straps from in there in my office that Mama used to use on my bottom end. Did she leave a mark? Yes, sir, she left a mark. I'm telling you something. I'm, 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 I'm preaching tonight. I know I'm preaching tonight. Because I'm going to tell you, Jacob went away with a mark. He wrestled an angel. An angel whooped him up good. And he went away for, with a limp and went with a limp for the rest of his life. And left a mark on him. Come on. There's some times you've got to leave a mark on a child. There's some of them so bad and so far spent that they need a mark. In fact, some of our people up there in the White House and the Senate and all of them, they need a few marks. Come on. Come on. They need to give them a little bit too. Bunch of lars, thieves, come on. Swindling money. Come on. Take our tax money. That's why Illinois is broke now. Because the last two people we've had in office wouldn't take care of the money. Yeah, they'd take care of it. They'd put it in their pocket. This is the world we live in. And I'm telling you, if this is what's leading us, I'm worried about the next generation. Hallelujah. Well, they wouldn't have been, wanted to have been around when I was raising Paul, I'll tell you that. But that's why he's what he is today, too. Because Daddy did not withhold the rod. I've left the platform. Junk, witchcraft, junk, killing, junk. And then they wonder why they got killing. That's all that's on TV. That's, that's all that's on there. CW this, CW that. Goodness sakes. Mercy. Bunch of hogwash, nothing but trash. If we don't gender a generation to love God and His Word, come on, right now, there will come up a generation after us who knows not God or His works. Could have been. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to turn back and want to read verse 7 of Judges again. I want to read verse 7 again. 
I want to show you. I want, I want you to notice real close this verse. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua. Everybody said elders. And all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua. Everybody said elders. Who had seen all. Come on, everybody said had seen. All the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. But after Brother Terry, there was no voice, no more from a generation before to tell them about Jesus. They went their own way, Brother Freddie. I'm worried. I said, I'm worried. What's going to happen when this generation dies off? What is the generation? Going to go put an X. Going to fill in a little mark there. Whew, I'm worried, church. I'm worried. Hallelujah. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua who had seen the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. Hmm. It's a sad thing when nobody picked up anything that God had done. Come on. Evidently the elders had told the story because they was all right until the elders died. But after the elders died, they no longer could even remember it. It was out of their memory. It didn't make enough impression on them that they even thought about it, Brother Terry. They went on and done their own thing. They did that was right in their own eyes. I'm telling you, that's the world we live in today. They're doing what's right in their own eyes. They, they're not looking at the Bible. They're not looking at the Word of God. They care less of what it says. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Heard nothing in the past generation that affected them. I'm, I'm sorry, but whew, that bothers me. They heard nothing of God. Heard nothing of the works that he had done. Didn't tell their children. Didn't tell nobody. Wasn't important enough to tell them. I'm here to ask us a question tonight. Has anything happened in our generation worthy to be noticed? Come on. Have you got a testimony? Have you got a story to tell in your life of what the Lord has done for you? And if you don't, I want you to sit down tonight. I want you to begin. I want you to take your paper and begin to write down everything that God has done for you. And let me see, y'all see you tomorrow morning, you'll still be writing. Because there's not a one of us that could write it all down in a book. Come on. Just as they could not write all the miracles that the Lord had done in this book, I'm telling you, all the things that he's done in all of our lives, the book would not hold them. God, I feel this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Are we going to leave a mark on this generation? <laughs> Jacob had a mark on his life, had a mark on his flesh that, he, that proved, Brother Freddie, that he had had an encounter with the Lord. 
He wrestled. And, and, and I know some of you probably, hey, and, a, and the Bible says he won. He got his blessing. But I'm telling you, I believe we're living in a generation today that if they come out with a mark, they say, I don't think I won. It really didn't mean nothing. Come on, church. I'm wondering what we're telling the world out here. I wonder how far our testimony is going. Is it ending at the church or starting at the church door and working its way out through this county? I wonder what we're telling. If we can have 114 on Easter Sunday, and it wasn't this time because of just Easter Sunday, I don't think, but it was because people had been out working and testifying and telling people and encouraging people to go to church. Let me do, we'd done something for Easter and that month that we ought to be doing all the time. It ought to be a normal thing to have visitors in the house. Come on. Well, that kind of died down. I said there ought to be a battle, and I'm telling you, the battle's going to leave some marks on us. It's going to leave us with some health problems. Come on. I got some health problems, but you know what? A lot of those health problems was nothing more than doing the work for God, and, and, and I got a mark out of it, and it left that mark on me. But I'm telling you, I believe one of these days God's going to heal me. He's either going to heal me here or take me out of here. Either way, I'm going to be healed. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Are we going to... Are we going to leave a mark on this generation? Are we going to allow them to go on through life and not knowing the greatness of our God? How are they going to know that our God's great? How are they going to know how good he is and what he has done? How are they going to know? Are you going to tell them about your miracles? I could stand here and start telling you miracles, and I'm not going to do that. I'd take up the rest of the time. But I could start telling you the miracles he's done for me he's twice saved my life sir that ain't all I could tell you about six seven notable miracles he's done in my life amen because of God he's done it. the doctors didn't do it God done it they couldn't do it they, could, they couldn't fix it but he did oh Jesus you know what the problem is? We have neglected the duty of our day. And there is a lack of watchfulness for the next generation. We're not watching out for our kids and our grandkids like we should be. Glory. I want you to turn. I want you to, well, you, they'll have it up on the board. I know that. But I want you to read. Psalm 71:18 with me. Psalm 71:18. Back, I don't even know how long it's been now, but back a lot of months ago, maybe a year ago or so. See, we got to understand that we're in a battle against the enemy. 
this city we're fighting a battle. In Kingsburg, we was fighting a battle. And the Lord, to encourage me, gave me two chapters and every, every day, almost every day, once in a great while, I don't get it in. But most every day, I pray Psalm 70 and 71. It's a normal thing. Verse 18 is just kind of really stand out to me. I think on this a lot. Verse 18 says, and let's read it. Now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I have shewed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. We have got a job to do as long, come on, they... I'm telling you, there is elders that have walked this way before us that have went through pure hell. They've had rotten tomatoes through at them. Their families have been attacked. People have been killed. Come on. Because they have took a stand for God. Come on, church. And that's my prayer, that God, that when we are old and gray-headed, forsake us not until we have shewed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. Lord, let it be that the next generation's going to know that we've got a God that is real, that's powerful, that's still, come on, that's still doing miracles, that's still healing people, that these things still happen just like they did in Bible days. I don't care if we don't see them all the time. We should be seeing them all the time. But you know what? They've made it so easy for us that we carry these little cards in our back pocket that says you can go get it done and they'll pay for it. It's called an insurance card that none of us could afford. Now they try to force it on you even though you haven't got the money to buy insurance. Then at the end of the year, they fine you for not having insurance. How smart's that? Dumb. You talk about dumb. It's double dumb. They, have, they don't have the money to buy it. Now they're going to fine them. Well, you bunch of idiots. You can't draw blood out of a turnip. And this is sitting in the White House? Lord, help us. Come on, church. We need to get busy. I don't know about you, but I want my generation to know. In fact, I've got it written down in the book, and kids... Whenever daddy dies, you'll find it. There is, there is all the things written out that daddy has, had, God has done for daddy. Those, those notable miracles and the dates and how, how God done it. I'm telling you, you'll find it. You know why? Because I don't want the next generation, Brother Freddie, to grow up of my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren and not know that God took care of Papa. My grandchildren knows about it. Come on. This grandson sitting right here on my front pew. He's a Papaw's boy. I'm telling you, when he was little, and we, he was in the hospital twice. We thought we was going to lose him. Papaw was by his side. 
I was by his side because they, they, needed to, they needed to put a, punch him and change his IV and put it in another place and, and said, who do you want to go with you? And he said, I want Papaw to go with me. We went down there and there was a male nurse sitting on one side and a female nurse on the other and that female nurse got a hold of his arm and began to poke around and she poked her three times. It's about all I could handle. I wanted to get out and box her face, you know. Knock her around a little bit. My little guy laying there suffering. And, and uh, finally, the male nurse looked over and he said, Would you like me to try it? And I thought, Boy, he's anxious. I'm glad I like to hear this. He grabbed that little boy's arm, and before you could say Jack Robinson, he had it in there and had a piece of tape around it and it's over with. I know what that is. Hey. When I went to get my heart surgery, I said, sir, start you out down there in same-day surgery. This nurse had come in there. She'd been a nurse for a while, but I don't think she was really a nurse. Not. She needed to leave the needles alone. I've never been stuck twice in my whole life. Nobody ever had trouble getting my blood or sticking me. Man, she stuck me twice on this side. And I laid there, and I took it, and she stuck me once over here and started sticking Stick me the fourth time, and I looked there, and I said, I want you to know, ma'am, that nobody has ever stuck me twice, not twice. So you better get it this time. She got it because I was about ready to call for somebody else. Come on, church. Hallelujah. But we're living in this world where you got something to take care of. You know what? I didn't know what it was, was to go to the doctor when I was a kid. I could count the times I'd been to the doctor probably on one hand. You know why? Because I had a mom and a dad that believed in the Lord. Come on. That stood on him. That never did have insurance in their life. And they prayed and we got well. Come on, church. Yes, sir. So you know what we'd done when my sister McGee and I got married and, and our kids would get sick? I'd call mom and dad. You know why? Because I knew they's going to come. And I'm telling you, before they left, the kids was going to be all right or they wasn't going home. They'd stay all night. Come on. Come on, church. You know what? Some of this in our back pocket has taken our faith. We don't have to have it no more. Come on. We need a testimony to give our children, our grandchildren. We need something they can carry down to their generation. It needs to be strong enough. What we got to say that they'll take it on to the generation, the generation before that. Hallelujah. Alex got a testimony. When he gets sick, fevered, because they sent him home. He, he had fever for six, six weeks after he come home. Had to do the, 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 they had to come and teach him at home. Because he was too sick to go to school. Couldn't go to school. But when his fever would come up, call. Sister Roberta would call and she'd say, Dad, Alex wants to hear your prayers. Papa, pray for him over the phone. The fever would leave. 
you'd go to sleep. Come on, church. Come on, church. My kids didn't know much about doctors. You know what? Sister McGee, I've seen... We, they, they laid between us in bed with 103 and 104 temperature. And I remember the oldest daughter had real high temperature. She laid between us. We lived over at Princeton. She laid between us. We put our hand on her and began to pray. And just praying, her head began to cool under our hand while we was praying. We didn't have insurance. Yes, we did. Come on. Guaranteed to do the work. Come on. Oh, glory. I tell you what, it kept you on your knees. It kept you praying. From this day to today, you almost got to set a time at church to get people to pray. Well, I better hurry on here. I'm starting to meddle. Now, I'm going to tell you what the problem is. In Joshua's day, the people had no, Brother Andrew, a personal relationship with God. They had no personal relationship. You, you stay with me now. They only knew about God because of Joshua, Brother Terry. They knew of Joshua's relationship, Brother Freddie. They, they knew... They knew because Joshua, he'd rehearsed it in their ears. Moses had rehearsed it in his ears. He'd rehearsed it in their ears. They knew that Joshua had a relationship with God. It was proven. But the only commitment they had to God was because of Joshua. If you're going to church just for somebody else, you're going for this wrong reason. Come on, you got to live this thing for yourself and not for somebody else. It is fearless and frivolous. And you might as well not be doing it if you're doing it for somebody else. I'm going to tell you right now, you can't live on somebody else's relationship with God. I've got kids that are backslid. And you know who they call when they get in trouble? I had my little old daughter call me from Indianapolis. She was a sick little gal. There wasn't nobody around. Everybody was gone. Everybody's out of town. She ain't got any friends there. Come on now. She's rolling in the floor. She's in so much pain. She called mom and dad crying. Sister McGee and I got up and began to pray for her. We prayed for her over the phone, in fact. Guess what? She went off to sleep and got up the next morning. Everything's all right, and she ain't never had no pain like that since. He didn't have to do it, Brother Terry. He wasn't obligated to do it. Come on. 
She wasn't living for him. But I'm going to tell you one thing. When something happens, she knows how to pray. And God was merciful, Brother Freddie, and he took care of the pain, and it's not been back since. Come on, church. It's good to know somebody that knows God, but there's going to come a time in your life that you're going to need to know God or God's not going to answer our prayer anymore. He's tired of you living on somebody else's relationship. God don't like to be used as a crutch. The only time that you know him is when something's going on in your life. God don't like that. He'll pull his mercy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The generation after Joshua, the Bible said there come up a generation that knew not God. Or didn't know his works. <laughs> come on. The generation after Joshua began, Brother Freddie, to conform to the values and the lifestyles of those around them. They began to do what everybody else was doing. This is a problem in our church today. A lot of churches, a lot of good pastors that I had a lot of faith in has fell because they began to do the things that the other younger generation, come on, Things that they would not allow in their church. But when their kids took over. They began to follow the ways of the world. Sister McGee and I used to go to a minister's conference every year. You remember? Pigeon Forge. We'd go every year. You know why we haven't went lately? Is because all of that bunch has failed. The ministry has failed because they have followed after and done the things that the world is doing. And the younger generation has kind of took over and they're doing what they shouldn't be doing. They don't look, they don't look holy no more. They can preach the Jesus name message all they want to. But if they don't have the rest of it to go with them, I'm sorry, you're going to hell. Yes, sir. Like, yes, sir. This is a life to live. It's not just a... Oh, yeah. This is where we live today. This is the world we live in. I know I'm, I need to get busy. My wife's back there shaking her head at me. I'm going to tell you, we can't afford to confirm or conform to the ways of the churches. In Mount Carmel. We got to stand up and live right. We got to take a stand for the word of God. And we cannot allow them to leave out anything. You know, we're living in a world today that they, they want to. Uh, people want to go to church where somebody will tickle their ears. Well I'm telling you if all they're doing is tickling your ears. You're probably not getting anything. They're not preaching against sin. If they're not preaching you that there is a, a plan of salvation to get to heaven, if they're telling you that all you have to do is just believe on him, there's more to it. If you believe something strong enough, you'll do something about it. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Church, I don't want you to have to go back to the archives to show 
your grandchildren, great-grandchildren, the works of God. I, I, Alex, I don't want you to have to go back to Papa's books and look through them. It's all right if you want to read them. I don't care. That's fine. But I want you to have to go back and teach that to your children. This is what happened in Papa's day. I want it to be happening in your generation. Oh, Jesus. Sister Brenda, I want you to know, sister, that I know God heals cirrhosis of the liver. I know it without a shadow of a doubt. Sister Carolyn Christmas, middle church, it was on a Tuesday night. We had church on Tuesday night. It was on a Tuesday night. And, you know, I'm kind of nuts like that anyhow. I'd have prayer for church sometimes if I thought people come in sick and dragging, didn't feeling good. I'd say, all of you that's not feeling good, just line up. We, we, we had prayer. We started praying for them first service so they could enjoy service. She come through the line that night, and they had been checking her on Wednesday. It was her doctor's appointment. And keeping track of her liver enzymes. And she was on medicine and stuff for it. Well, that day when she went and he checked those enzymes and let her no word back, said, what happens is you're fine. Your, your, your enzymes is all right. Normal. You're normal. You're normal. She said, I was prayed for last night. Come on, church. God is still performing miracles. We just need to get our believing in on track. It's not that he slacked any, but we've slacked. Oh, yeah. And he healed her body completely. No symptoms, nothing. Gone. Glory. Hallelujah. It'd be easy, church, for us to go to flow with the flow of this city. It would. It'd be easy. Just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you're all right. Wrong. Come on. This world don't want any restrictions. We're living in a world that don't. You, you look. Everybody is, you know. Every place you look, there's riots and this and that. Everybody's. They don't want to do their own thing. No restrictions. They don't want no restrictions. Live like you want. Come on. We're living in a world today that, you know, live like you want and you're going to heaven. Everybody, everybody that dies is going to heaven. Heaven's going to be a, I don't know, I think the Lord's going to have to enlarge heaven. But I'm telling you, not everything that's going to heaven, I'm sorry. Any preacher that paints you a picture like that, he's not getting into the Word. There's more hell talked about in the Bible than ever was heaven. Thank you, Jesus. I'm trying to change. I'm really, I got to hurry. I want to read 2 Timothy chapter 3. Parts of it, right? Second Timothy 3 and verse 1 through 5. This know also that the last days 
In the last days, peerless times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. That strikes a big one. Unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. True, that's a big thing. Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent. Fears, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. The Bible says from such turn away. You know what? We got a bunch of churches that's got a form of godliness it looks just enough like church and they talk enough about God that they count them as a church but nothing's happening oh yeah yeah things are happening people coming to the altar they come and said the sinner's prayer how many of them received the Holy Ghost how many of them was baptized in Jesus name? come on there is a plan to follow and it is real. Glory. I want to turn and read Haggai 2 and 9. The Lord of this latter house, the glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. If we're going to have a greater revival in the end than we did in the beginning, we better get with it. If we're going to have better church, Brother Freddie, than we had in the last two churches, we better get with it. I, I like, Brother Mason was talking about halal Sunday morning. Be clamorously foolish, you know. To hints, to make a show. He even says to be mad. Come on. And I like to I like to just say hollow this way. What it really means in my own words is just pull out all the plugs and stink and get with it. Just do what you've never done before. Worship the Lord in a whole new different way. And I, I began to think, and I thought, I hope he says something. He didn't say it. But I'll say it tonight, though. Because you know what, you know what aggravates me? The world can go, go to the ball games. And, and in fact, I'm God. Let's, let, me, let me say, even, even the church can go to the ball games and have a hollow time. They act nuts. They get with it. But when they get to church, you can't get them to move off their stinking seat. Now, I'm worried a little bit for the next generation. Anytime it can happen on a football field and it can't happen here. Or it can happen at a baseball game and it isn't happening here. If you can holler your lungs out at one of those games, buddy, when you come through these doors, you better be at a holler.
Say, well, my team ain't winning. Well, if you'd get a holler, maybe it would. Come on, sometimes we need a little cheering on. It helps when somebody else worships. It helps when the pastor don't have to do it all. Come on. Hey, let him get up here and sweat himself through. Why don't you help him sweat? Come on, church. I'm talking about the next generation. They ought to be able to see it in this house and know what's going on. All right. Okay. Enough of that. Let me read another scripture here. I'm about ready to close. You give me another five minutes, won't you? If you don't, I'll take it. Amos 8 and 11. This is, this is. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but a hearing of the words of the Lord. I'm telling you, we're almost to that place. That there is a famine for the word of God. People can't hear really the word of God anymore. They have candy coated it so much. And, and ministers have went to put some stuff in their pocket. And the church is going starving to death. I'm glad we got a man of God. And we've got, well, I'm glad that we've got three others around here that will preach the word. Come on. You better be thankful that you got ministers that will minister to you without fear or favor. Tell you what you need to do. Yeah. Give you the word of God for it. Thank God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, church. We must somehow drill this word to the next generation so they can carry it to the generation after them. There must be a voice, Brother Terry, left from this generation right now. There must be a voice left from this generation. I'm going to read one more scripture and I'm closing. I'm going to go to Joel. Joel chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. The Lord spoke to Joel. Hear this, you old men. I'm, I'm going to put myself there. I'm going to get older, not old. Hear this, old, old men, and give ear, all you inhabitants of the land. Had this been in your days, or even in the days of your fathers? Now listen, I want you to grab verse 3. Tell ye your children of it. And let your children tell their children. And their children another generation. They knew not. How would you like one of your grandchildren to say, well, I don't know nothing about it. I've never heard about it. Do you know anything about Jesus? Do you know anything about it? You don't realize how many people's come through the doors of this church and you can ask them if they knew anything about Pentecost apostolic? No, never been around it.
I've heard people say that there was not a Bible in their house. I know this is a solemn. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.